like that that's that's something for you two to work out god don't we have enough to work out listen the only way that we're all gonna get by is with a little help from our friends no oh way to discuss the theme of tonight's podcast which is not about a movie it's not about a movie it's i mean perhaps eventually there will be a movie based on Mm -hmm. it but not right now Oh, Lord. Yeah, I actually did see Lord in concert on Sunday. It was really good. It was a really good show. I had sweet tickets, like literally S-U-I-T-E, not the sweet life sweet tickets of Zach and Cody. So getting by with a little help from my friends, which is all that's keeping me afloat these Ooh. days is my friends your, because they support me. Your vibe attracts your tribe. So dear. The last time we talked about writing was <laughs> you had that violent farting reaction. And <laughs> yeah. I, I realized that uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, it's hot, been a minute. hot minute since we talked about it. We've been writing, been writing a lot. Um, I think you've been writing more than I have. I've been like sketching ideas. It's not and a then contest. Doing dirty doodles. Um, but how have things been going since January? Broad strokes. How do you feel about it? And um, what have you, like, tangible? what's your work product been? So, thanks to Panda Planner, I'm really good at knowing when I'm procrastinating. Right. Um, I'm doing really well in the poetry thing. I was feeling a little... Uh, defeated i felt like i wasn't identifying as a writer as much because i was focusing more on other creative projects we've talked about this like sometimes writing a poem isn't the priority writing isn't the priority there's some other things that go on and so i was trying to go back to who i felt i was as a writer a year ago because i felt like it very much identified me a year ago And it was in a lot of broad ways uh, how I identified myself. Not just poetry. I was doing a lot of different things. And so I've been trying to reclaim that lately. And part of that is like talking to it. Part of it is talking to you. Because you you are, you, you will not be tamed by one genre of writing. You're screenplay, you're writing a novel, you're doing a poem here, and then you're going to do some copy for the for the website. So I'm really hoping to soon have my website up that will require me to write a bit more. Somewhat along the lines of what we did for Tales from, uh, from Two Cities, some that's more copy, some that's just more editing aspects to it. But I, I feel like that's going to be more helpful for me. And I've been writing just random essays here and there because it's my way of processing. It's like therapy for me now. And then poems. I haven't gotten to do every single day. That's not been achievable for me just because life has been very overwhelming. My January was really emotionally overwhelming. February was much better for me. And then March has been a give and take. But I'm feeling better. I feel like I'm on a good trajectory. I'm writing more on paper now, and I think that actually suits me better. 
but I'm trying to be much more conscious in my writing. I definitely feel like I failed myself a little bit this year so far. But having you and having other friends who write has been very helpful for me. I'm really excited because I think that this is going to be the year that you and I get to do more screenwriting together and get to be more writing. We write we write in tandem. We're writing partners in that way. But I, I'm really excited for maybe you and me writing something together this year, which is going to be exciting. Ditto. So how do you feel you've been doing so far since January? You know, I have good days. I have bad days. I have written something, whether it's a couple of sentences or pages, every day this year. I haven't missed anything. I was trying to do that and push-ups every day. And wouldn't you know, this week I was sick and I just fell asleep and forgot to do my push-ups. So I made it. Months. Drop. Give me 20 right oh, now. I would. My form is excellent. Um but I have finished more things of size or substance so far this year than I have ever in that like I did uh, an outline for a comic book series and wrote a full first issue. And I just finished a full uh, spec script for a half-hour comedy Um and if you go way back in the archives, we read an excerpt from that same script. Um, it's been... I started it today. I didn't have enough time to finish it, but I started oh, it. No. It was very funny. No, I really like it. That's why I'm smiling. Oh, it's not my like... Um, it's not this. It's... Well, and now I've, I've been working on um, this TV pilot, and I've uh, come up with a bunch of other ideas and written a few things down, and I'm pulled in a million directions but i finally i finally cracked the play about my family that has been brewing inside me for years and i finally figured out that you will release when they're dead. i probably will have to um unless um i diffuse each individual character with one of my own bad qualities and give them something that's different from my family and change everything just enough that it's archetypal typically the same but in actuality different anyways i just i being around my family uh since october i kind of have a new has been a blast just have a new appreciation for the fact that i am never going to write something that makes all of them proud or happy um it's good to accept it's just, that. We're, we're, and it's not it's not a vicious thing. It's it's not even like a disappointment thing. It's just a recognizing that we have very different taste and very different interests. And mm -hmm. that's been really liberating to be like, nope, this is what I'm working on and I will describe it to you in detail if you want, but unless you ask to read it, I'm not going to just give you my stuff because who cares? But it's been a very productive year so far. Um but it's interesting. I shared, you know, I like to keep you up to date with what I'm doing and actually giving you that script is the first time I've ever shared any screenwriting with someone that wasn't my wife or Austin. Um, your, t your other yes, wife. My other wife. Um, not my brother. And um, that was actually kind of scary just because I have a lot of hopes and dreams, but I don't... Uh, I don't often follow through on things, so that felt good. But it's been... Well, it makes me hate you more because it's funny. Sometimes. I wish you weren't talented. <laughs> It'd be so much easier to be a writing partner if you weren't funny. Right back at you. It's um, 
No, no, no. I mean talented. You're not funny. We all know you're not funny. <laughs> so true. It's the curse of being the youngest child. It Empathetic, is. Empathetic, kind, wise. You're just not funny. You and Whitney should start a support group. She has a complex about Wait. her humor. It's, it's pretty great. Oh, I have a complex about absolutely everything. I um, I feel really good sometimes, and I feel like a desperate imposter others. But I looked at it, and like for the last, I don't know, four years or so, I've produced more than I have in my entire life combined, and. It's been interesting to talk to other people and they're like, oh, what's your production company? Like, what do you do? And just start naming things that I'm actively doing, not even the hopes and dreams bullshit that I used to do where it's like, well, I'm writing a play about such and such. And it's like, yeah, in that I'm thinking about it. I'm not actually doing anything. But I gave our secret away to another writer and his writing friend where I told him about our poetry project. And they're now doing the same thing, but they're doing it um, with, uh, it can be short stories or flash fiction or um, essays or whatever, but they're doing the same thing where they write up a bunch of lines and they share the line each week. And it's because he was complaining to me about missing writing so much as I was talking about stuff. And I just gave him that and it really helped him. And it just kind of got me thinking um, between... That we're fucking talented and enlightened. That I think um, there are those who are like um, an Arthur Miller, like a lone genius who can literally build a shack to write in and just go to town. And there are more social people who need to be plugged into others to be held accountable and to be inspired and not even necessarily to collaborate with all the time, but just to be in the same tribe with like Cameron was texting me earlier, asking me for comical ways that um, people can be injured, like funny things for getting hurt. And so we were just texting back and forth about that. And I told, and I listed a couple of real life things that had happened to me. And I said, I've got a really good one, but I'm not going to give it to you because I'm already using it in something. And he just texted me back and said, selfish, (laughs) but it's, it's those little connections and it's for me, whether you're sitting down and writing something together, like Austin and I've done a little bit of this year, or you're just checking in with one another, there's real value in feeling like you have a tribe in feeling like you're, you're surrounded, albeit digitally by people who are, driving towards similar things and who have such specific wants and goals. And it, it's been really helpful for me to have more than collaborators, companions, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was like way too serious for way too long. I'm really off brand. No, I liked (laughs) it. I I, I just started thinking though. Like it just kind of made me go off and like think about everything. But it's, I think the relationships that last and are reforged anew annually, just, you know, held daily are the ones where you're, you know, sharing what you're doing and not in a Facebooky. Oh my God, look at this picture of this thing I did or 
look out world, I'm going over here. I don't know why I did this voice to describe how people talk on Facebook, but um, I just, I appreciate knowing that everyone else is struggling to try and live their best life and to try and birth something into the world that didn't exist before. And this year, for the first time, I feel like the person that can really give back to people who are struggling in a way that I struggled for so long because I'm still struggling. Don't get me wrong. Every single day. I haven't done shit today, but there's still... You're sick. You can't give that as an example. But there's still a few hours left. I'm going to bust some things out, but... Okay, fuck you. Oh, I can't do anything, but I'm going to still do some stuff. I'm going to write in the bathroom like Trumbo. Um, But uh, I have a very good friend, Jason, um, who is working on an audio drama. And he reached out and texted me and a couple other people, emailed actually, um, be like, hey, this is the thing I'm trying to do. I just, I need people in my corner, people who will hold me accountable, people who will check in on me, people who can, who know that I'm doing this thing. This is like my declaration of intent to create to you people. Please be on, be on there my, be on my side. And I. Hold me accountable. I, Witness and me. And I guess you and I have been swapping poems for two years and. Swapping other shit for at least four. Yeah. And even before then, swapping hopes and whatnot. But, like, yeah, we've really been just, like, trading work for four years in a pretty formalized setting. And it's only every so often. Work, delusions of grandeur. Yeah. But it's only every every so often where we'll just, like, unprompted send something else or something that we're working on beside the fact. But I think we... I mean, to be fair, it's mainly you. I, I'm, like, <laughs> like, bare minimum, I'm set. But I think that... I've taken for granted the level of comfort that you and I have in sharing. Pardon me. I've taken for granted the level of comfort that you and I have sharing our work. And it's only now, after four years of doing this, that I feel like I have any real confidence in my capabilities. And it just, I don't know, it just made me think about how do you think other people help or hurt your writing not collaborators not people you're necessarily actively working with but how does the tribe that you have collected how does your found and born family influence the actual act of writing all right i i can do that and then i want you to answer the same question uh, I mean, expand into personal examples beyond. I feel like you've done a really good job of that. But uh, anyway, I have certain friends that I think they make me feel more accountable, not by the fact that they're like, hey, get on this. But there's just a basic role dynamic that happens in friendships. And there's normally like the one that's more responsible and then the one that, you know, is a little more like silly. And I think that, shocking, right? Me and you, actually, we trade that space really well. We take turns. (laughs) Um, We do. And I think there are times that you're like, shit, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And there's times that I'm like, shit, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And like, that's, I feel like a common thing. And we're like, and both of us, the the resounding response is, stop apologizing. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. But I think there are certain friendships that I, especially creative friendships, where I I take the responsibility route. And sometimes that's really good for me, and sometimes it's really exhausting for me. And so I think it has the the give and take. I think a really good example, actually, of how it helps and hinders is my relationship with you. Because the, I am always writing something each week to be held accountable by you. Every other week, at least, I am podcasting with you and talking about creative endeavors with you. So these are great things. I'm being held accountable. We, we will talk on the phone normally a little drunk, but after like 10.30 at night and just spitball ideas about creative projects, like your your social thriller and like, sorry, my turn. Um, and, you know, talking about doing a screenplay about our lives and um, just, and talking about how we want to expand the podcast, how we want to expand the blog, where, what trajectory we want to, we want to take things in. But then there are times where you'll talk about things and I will stop doing what I'm doing because I'm just like, I'm a failure. Like, he's got all this stuff going on. I've told you about this. Like, there have been times we've talked, and I've just, like, left it happy that we talked, but really depressed about my creative endeavors because I then compare myself. And that's not fair because your creative process is different than my creative process. How you want to write and what you want to write about is different in some respects to how I want to write and what I want to write. But there have been times where I just, I get defeated because I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not writing a screenplay. I haven't submitted this piece to this competition. I haven't done this because I'm not a, as much a competitive writer. I've submitted a few things to, you know, be published, but it's been few and far between for me. That's not, that hasn't been my goal. And maybe, you know, it will be my goal eventually, but I'm not as confident a writer, I don't think. And that's not anything to do with you. It's just to do with my own self uh, like my own self-confidence in myself and in what I'm creating. But it's funny because the same conversation can also it can lead to some sort of idea that becomes a bigger story that I then write about. So that self-confidence issue manifests itself into an essay it's just it's very weird how it kind of it's this constant osmosis of of creation and which sounds super stupid and pretentious but that's i feel like how it works for me to quote jimmy shive overly it's all writing i feel like that's the second time you've used that quote in this podcast but it is pertinent as fuck it is Give me, a, give me a different quote. I was Dan, just going to do that. a quote out for bust me? Bust a quote off in your ass. Bust a move. You have to write the book that wants to be written. And if the book will be too difficult for grown-ups, then you write it for children. Madeline... Lingle. Lingle. I thought that was appropriate considering the last movie we reviewed was one of... It was based on one of her novels. Oh, I feel so bad for her ghost. <laughs> and now Ava DuVernay cool. is going to get her hands all over the new gods, and I'm really upset about it, but we'll see what happens. It's fine. Yeah. Tangent over. <laughs> I, I think it has it has hope. I think Ava DuVernay is talented. She understands the spirit of things, and hey, 
She's got some writer input that she can use, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So how do you feel your different collaborations, whether they be Austin or me or any of your many thousands of friends? My all How do you think both they help them. or hinder? It's been really fun writing uh, with my wife lately in that we're both writing. Um, but we're writing totally different things. She's working on a bunch, backlogging a bunch of blogs for a blog she's launching. I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to promote the shit out of that. And no one's going to have to ask me. Huzzah! It's going to be great. I'm really excited about it. And then. Um, Not saying that anything I promote, I'm, I I don't want to promote. I, I would never promote something I don't support. Fair enough. But also. Um, just seeing other people who are writing things that I may never even get to see or necessarily be a part of, but just talking about it and feel, feeling like I have something to offer has been really cool. But I also get, do you ever get the expectation when writing that other people want to have some sort of claim over it? Like if you were to write a story that's loosely based on a friend or something, or no no one likes my stuff enough to do that but i guess i'm friends with a lot of actors and there is like this uh-huh. in, this either explicit There's or implicit um understanding that i will write something for them because i've written people monologues before um mm-hmm. and i've written myself monologues because it's super fun and it's usually better than stuff I can find because I know all the words. <laughs> um, but there's this sort of, I don't know, this understanding of like, oh, well, you'll write a part for me, right? I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Damn, uh, so. just off the record, you're going to write a part for me. Oh, right? yeah, totally. Uh-huh. If for the right okay. project, okay. yeah, totally. Just probably, um, yeah, for the, yeah, right, for the project. right project. No, we'll... Um, but it's going to be like a really, it's going to be a layered character, oh, right? Oh, casting was totally out of my hands. Uh, um, oh, okay. No. But I think I feel seen by other people as a writer for like the first time pretty legitimately, which has been awesome because I'm just I'm just doing it. Um, it's done a lot for helping me think about myself that way. But I have other people in my life that are just like in awe of the fact that I write but will never read anything I've ever written. Like they think it's so cool, but they, I mean, they don't want to actually read it. And there are other people who will begrudgingly read everything that I hurl at them because I ask them to very nicely because I value their taste. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the the most interesting sort of friendship dynamic thing that I have going right now is the like formalized version of friendship in that everybody says, whatever you need, right? If you need anything, just ask. But like last week, uh, Clark pitched me on this. He goes, you know how people say that? What if you like actually took people up on it? So we kind of set up a little group, Clark, Austin, Courtney, Anne, and myself. And we're taking turns where the other four are helping out the one with whatever they need. So this last weekend, we all came over and cleaned and reorganized Clark's house all day. 
he bought pizza and beer and we had a wonderful time, but that's what he needed. And that's what we're helping him with. And we're going to help Austin with his house. And Courtney's going to get help from everyone with her blog. And like, I'm going to try and form like a mini writer's room sort of thing to like have some things read out loud and workshop a few things and just talk about some stuff. And and then you're all going to come to, down to Texas and rehab my exactly. life. Okay. But it's, it was just this really great idea that while not inherently not having to be about the creative process, it for me was a really helpful tool to like focus the energy of friendship and be like, Hey, this is the specific way that I need help right now. Instead of like thinking of you sending thoughts and prayers, you know, let me know. Oh, do you want to talk? Like those are great, but to have actionable real help and to have it have yeah. it coming and have it be there have it be tangible have it be in front of you like that's i like action too mm-hmm. and we may, we did so much work on this house it is crazy uh how much you can get done in one day with just a few extra sets of hands well give us a twirl let's see it <laughs> let's see the after but I don't know. It just put me in a really grateful mood and in a really like, I don't want to be in Montana. I love Montana, but I don't want to be here unless it's on my terms. And I'm here more as like a respite from a period in New York that just kind of wrecked me. And Mm -hmm. I'm still coming out of that failure and out of that shame spiral of like, I don't want to be here because my job has destroyed my life. And it's, (laughs) Courtney said to me the other day, Dan, all of your best friends are here in Billings and you still don't want to be in Billings. And I said, well, Adair's not here, but (laughs) I saw the look on your face. That's not what you said. No, I said, yeah, but they're my best friends despite the fact that they're here. I just, I don't. I don't think I am really right for this town. And it is brought up a lot of weird childhood stuff for me where it's like, I never felt at home here. This this was my home, but it never felt like home. And I think knowing that people want to succeed, want me to succeed and will reach out to me for help with things wherever we are has been kind of incredible but it was great to feel that real tangible we're all in this together let's help Clark with his thing and we're all going to take turns doing it later that was really a nice moment for me where I just kind of felt revitalized of like yeah you can you can chase this shit there's people who've got your back so sit down write the damn scripts get the job and get to a position where you can make things on your terms And you can cast who you want to cast and you can act and write and direct and do all the things your stupid little crazy mind wants to because Adair, we're not alone. Most of the time. I mean, we are all totally alone and completely not alone at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. It's interesting how you describe your hometown. No, so I didn't say it. I've learned. 
Um, because I felt the exact same way. I mean, we grew up in different towns in Montana. But Missoula, for me, never felt like home. Like, I lived there for 22, 23 years. And, I, I mean, I had little respites, like in Helena and in Florence. Italy, not Montana. But um, I never felt like it was home. Like, it never felt home. Like home. And it's very interesting to me because I, I really applaud the people that have made Missoula into a new version of a home for them and has have made success and life out of that. But that was just not who I was going to be. Like, I do love Montana, but I was ne I never felt like a Montanan. And it's not for any reason other than I just didn't feel like I fit. Like, I felt like I was a square peg in a round hole. And I felt more at home in Seattle, but it still didn't feel right. And so maybe that's what life is and what our different journeys are, is just finding that place where we feel like we fit fully, where it's not exhausting to live there, where we develop a community that makes sense to us, and where we feel privileged to be living. And I think the work comes out of a certain level of dissatisfaction with the way things are, but it doesn't have to be misery. It can be a want, but I think, I don't know. I don't want to write my best life. I want to live it, you know? So we take our licks. We ramble. We podcast. You're a little Jack kerouac -y today. I am. I almost picked that quote. Um, I've been reading on the road. Again? Um, it made me think, I, I don't know, the narration, not you completely, because you're far more together as a human, but some of the stuff that he says makes me think of you. It, there's an aimlessness that reminds me of when we met. Because you were kind of aimless oh, when we met, as was I. Like, we were both hella aimless, actually. I mean, having an eye on the horizon doesn't mean you know the path. Like, I just, to this day, I just... <laughs> are you just going to stare out to the horizon for, for a while? Yeah, I'm on a lot of cold meds, so... It was great because it was all I could see was just your eyes, and it kind of felt a little Mad Maxy to me. Nice. <laughs> the mask. Witness me. It was good or Bane. So just Tom Hardy. Either just one. Very Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy and Dunkirk. Tom Hardy and Batman, or Dark Knight Rises. Sorry. Oh, Tom Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy, indeed. <laughs> Where is he? What's he doing? Like, what's he up to? Somebody Google it, I think. No. I mean, he did Dunkirk, but. Well, let's, this is like a good, this is like a good quarterly check-in. Yeah, no, yeah. So right. like... Well, we'll talk more about writing, but I think this is a good recap. We've been, it was Oscar season. There was a lot to talk about. We'll be writing, we'll be talking about writing a little bit more. Now. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
in theory. Who I mean, knows? we're not going to make you promises. Yeah, it's always easy to you know, shit on something somebody else made, right? Sorry, Jennifer Lee, but that script was a mess. Um, Alex Garland is a treasure. <laughs> so what? Uh, what's coming down the pipe? I think let's let's talk about what we what we're hoping to accomplish soon, and and then I would love it if you could read us out with your poem. God, that makes me sound like such a. It ball. is because you are. Um, not. But you are. But I'm not. But you are. Uh, okay, we're we can go round and round with this, and that's not good podcasting. So my dog woke up because we're fighting. It's and okay, she Maisie. Need to, she needs to sneeze at it. So my hope is to start finish writing a few essays that I started and to really work and publish and finalize Repugnant and to work on these two screenplays you and I have discussed. And I would like to have some work on both of those by the end of the year. And I would like to have the essays finished and I'd like Repugnant to be live and, you know, flourishing and it's beautiful, weird, creative cosmos that i hope to create for those of us who need a reminder what is repugnant so it's actually it's it's not technically repugnant but it's we are repugnant and uh it's going to be an online creative collaborative website that i am creating and it's gonna have all sorts of things it's gonna be writing and poetry and podcasts and art and uh, art being cartoons or logos or work like that and also photography and it's each month there'll be people doing different things and there'll be a theme each month and so it'll only be it'll be different parts of the website will be published throughout the month and uh revised throughout the month but there'll be a theme each month and my hope is just to allow people to explore maybe mediums that they didn't think to explore and to push things that they didn't think that they could put out there. And so I'd love to, you know, see people doing that. And I think initially it'll be people I know and I have a really great creative community, whether it be verbal, written, visual. And then eventually I hope people will submit and it can be something that is ever evolving. And so, yeah, I, I want an online collaborative where people feel like they can bounce ideas off people they maybe don't know or know through like a name only. And, you know, to get input and to also just have an ongoing dialogue about that. Because I think that's been the most helpful thing. Secret Weapon, though specifically podcast right now, it creates a community, a support unit that, you know, maybe we didn't realize we were going to have, but it feels like family. And it's, it's, you know, maybe not all family that, you know, you like all the time, but it's, it's fun. Like maybe sometimes it's family that call, uh, that confuses you really late at night. And then you have to call other family members and say, what's going on? But I mean, it's, I wouldn't trade it. 
and I didn't expect it. I, I never really knew Alyssa or Riley. And I mean, I barely knew Austin and Clark. And so it's really cool. And Cameron too, like he has just come in and I feel like in a lot of ways, he's just like that missing link in a lot of ways for us. And I think each person that's come in is bringing a new level of humor and awareness to a, a constant collaboration. And this is in that way, almost a little bit of a spinoff, but a little more visual and verbal, a little less podcasting, but there will probably be a podcasting element because who are we kidding? Right. Have Mike, we'll travel. Exactly. So that's, that's what's coming down for me. Uh, so I've got like five things that I got to do by 2019. And, you know, apparently I got to get pregnant soon. So chop, chop. Time is money. Money is time. Um, <laughs> or what? Money is power. Power is something. Let's go, people. Hey, it's it, April. Like it had a really good quote about it, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. It'd be great if I did. Uh, damn. What's coming up for you? What are you doing? What's happening? Uh, I got to finish a pilot script. I got to finish another comic book script. Uh, set up a, a meeting here to pitch said comic books, both of them. Super nervous about getting that going. Uh, and then um, submit to a big writing program. And that'll all be done by like June, at which point I will breathe. And then um, I got a play that needs to bust out of me this summer. I got a play or two that just, they just won't go away. And they just need to be expelled like the demons that they are. Um and then I think uh, starting in August, I want to really, maybe July, I want to really buckle down into writing a horror movie um, to possibly shoot soon-ish this year, maybe. It's outlined, but anyways. And some other things, stuff to go on the blacklist. I just I just need to produce pages like a goddamn madman, basically. But my goal is to finish as many scripts as possible this year um, while taking weird timeouts to write a couple hundred words of a novel and then just leave that alone to just it's been a weird weird year but i'm each year i get to say i'm writing more than i ever have before and each year it's that much more so yeah i think at this point i'm just needing to i can produce now and I really need to take the next step to get the finished work out there in other people's hands to start taking the steps to getting this to be my job because that's really what I want. I want to just, I want to make stuff. And if I can provide the creative content, I can worm my way into the right, into the acting and the directing um, and whatever else. So that's my evil scheme for the rest of the year. I mean, I believe in you, Dan. I believe that you can do this. I believe you can fly. And I, I will help you in whatever ways I can. And I'm hoping to, you know, make you write a few hundred words for me, too. Because I'm a dick. Huzzah! Huzzah! I know, Things to talk about. I know that normally um, we do a reading and then we talk mm -hmm. about it. But... Mm -hmm. I really like this and I kind of want you to just end the podcast with it. So I'm going to give you your uh, unsolicited 
feedback and praise before you read it. Okay, sounds good. Also, do you have any recommendations for me? Oh, fine. I do. I've got a big one. What? Um, just came out on HBO. There is a phenomenal mm -hmm. documentary called Arthur Miller, Writer. It's by his daughter. Um, I was wondering if you're going to do that. You were mentioning Arthur Miller a lot. It has at profoundly all. affected me. It's a great piece. Um, and I identified just a little too much with one of the greatest playwrights to ever live. So that should tell you right there. You are kind of married to Marilyn Monroe. But she's not that bit. sad. Don't get me wrong. She's, she's no, sad. No, but, but like, mm, damn. She's hot too, boy. right? Got it right the first time. All right. But it is a fantastic documentary. I highly recommend anybody who is a creative type in the slightest to check it out. And you especially. Please watch it. Okay. As soon as I get that HBO working. Sorry, Mom. I'm getting on it. What's your recommendation this week? Um, I'm going to recommend third season of Love. Not just because I'm about to review it on one of my other podcasts. Uh, no, it's really solid. And, I mean, it's interesting because this is the final season, the final season of it. And I think it is an example of this show is ending kind of right. I think some shows, they go too long. And it's hard. And I think it's weird thinking about it because really the show goes over a few months, like like a year tops. And you don't think about that. You're like, oh yeah, it's been a few years since I started watching this, but they do a really good job of showing the evolution of a relationship and how you can handle career changes and illness and friends and everything. And I think it was a really solid choice. I think it's it shows two incredibly flawed people that maybe shouldn't have been together that ended up together. Because that's kind of life. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed the first two seasons. Haven't gotten around to season three yet, so I'll be on it. Yeah. All right, let's hear your unsolicited advice. Um, I really appreciated how you used our shared line from this poem from this week, um, which I believe was smelling burnt purple. It was. Um, also the way that your indentation works on this one, just visually before you even read it, it has this nice gentle saunter off to the right. As as we get going, it's weird because I can't say lines from it because I want to have the impact, but um, specifically the sixth line after we, we ah. indent there. It works yes. really well. That's a pretty hard end. It that works we have it there. works well with that word though, because it's sort of it, you literally move your head because or your eyes, what have you, and it's like jogging your memory. Um, and then you go thrown whoa. back with smelling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just read it. Okay, well, this is uh I wrote for Everything's an Island. I wrote a series of poems about grief because I was grieving a lot in the, in the winter of 2017-18, or sorry, 
nope, that was right. That was right the first time. 2017-18. Um, and so I wrote a series of poems. There's probably going to be more because I had a lot of grief. But this is called Grief Part 4. At night we mourn in the playgrounds abandoned at twilight. Wandering shadowed structures, metal rib cages holding feeble swings. Leap as if our muscles didn't ache with age. Remembering that as the sky loses its blue. Smelling burnt purple as we remember. We cry for yesterday. For the control we foolishly thought we had. Watching a skyline illuminate, neon beyond the trees. Only visible as we swing higher. As if we are invincible in the shadows. Slow Claps and Rewrites is effortlessly produced by Daniel Crary and Adair Rice. Editing is executed by Daniel Crary to the best of his abilities. Slow Claps and Rewrites is a volume in the Secret Weapon Productions Library. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved in perpetuity. Like Mickey Mouse.